Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. I was telling the ladies yesterday, I'm a storyteller. I love God's stories. And, uh, and there's one that I just kept thinking about this morning. I have no idea why it has anything to do with I'm preaching. But it's a really good story. <laughs> a friend of mine a few years ago was in California at a pastor's gathering. And uh, it, it was a huge church. And it had... Uh, and it was right in the middle of, like, one of the worst districts, you know. Uh, very poor, very violent area. And the pastor said, Steve, I think his name was Steve, Steve, come up here a minute. So this guy comes up, still a little rough around the edges. Maybe some of you are like that, a little rough around the edges. You look good on the outside, but you're still a little rough in the edges. <laughs> and so he had his hand around Steve, and he says, I want to tell you about Steve. When Steve was seven years old, his he was driving in the car with his father. His father stabbed him and threw him out the door. There's a little bit of trauma. And Steve got lost in the transitions, like he, he wasn't looked after. He wasn't watched over. He fell through the cracks till he's living under the bridge with other people living under the bridge. Dying of AIDS, a drug addict, alcoholic. And those precious people <laughs> going under the bridge because God goes into dark places and we follow him in. We follow him in. Around the world, I said this yesterday, but around the world, God's people, God's people going to the dark places, following God who goes ahead of them. We are called to the dark places. That's why the his, history of, of Christianity, if you get anything that's got some good, good stuff in it, the things that God's people have done is amazing is amazing. They've been, they've been dealing with sex trafficking for generations, centuries. Now, thank God, people are more aware of it. But hey, our people were doing it already. They were in the worst places in India and the worst places in Thailand and the, and the worst places in Cambodia and things like that. They're working with the hopeless because we carry hope. And you know, the last century, 25% of the missionaries that in the beginning of the 1900s that went to the foreign field were single women. 25%. And most of them didn't come home again. They were there for life. Or died on the mission field. You think God was worried about their gender? God loves people. God loves people. I remember talking to a guy one time, and he said, I was, I was brand new, born again. Well, back born again, <laughs> after backsliding. But I, I was like in twenty 20s, and this guy, my goodness. It was a spirit-filled church. I was so excited. 
because I read in David Wilkerson's book, The Cross and the Switchblade, the last chapter was about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm in a Baptist church. And thank God for the Baptists. I'll tell you, they do some stuff. But I was in a Baptist church, and I thought, what is this? So I went to my pastor. This, you know, what is and I hadn't been safe very long at that point. And, uh, and so he just kind of didn't say much. But that Sunday, he preached against the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And, so, and by the time he was finished, I thought, this sounds fascinating. <laughs> so I started seeking God about it. And, you know, I didn't want to be rebellious. I, I, my rebellion had destroyed my life. I didn't want to be rebellious. But I sure want to know what God was saying here. And then I looked in the newspaper. And that day, those days they had all the churches in the newspaper. And there was a woman preaching at a church. A woman. Oh, my goodness. And she was preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So guess who was there when the doors were open? And this woman, she was a powerhouse, man. She was a powerhouse. She prayed for me. And she said to me, God needs more women like me. I thought, what a strange thing to say to me. What a strange thing to say to me. Because she saw the call. And we can see the call on people. Right? It's just not always for ministry, but for whatever God has for you. There's a call. Thank you, Lord. When I was 11 years old, I, uh, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but when I was 11 years old, and in the little Baptist church. And they had an a offering, a, a, a mission week offering called the, the Lottie, Lottie Moon offering. And Lottie Moon was a missionary. I was so excited. A woman doing, that's so exciting. Because you know, I, I thank God for hospitality. I tell you I do. I thank God for good cooks. I, I do. I, I thank God for people who love that stuff. And, and you know, and I get a, I, I just so exciting. But you put me in the kitchen. I can boil water. I can make you the best cup of tea. Uh, baking. Oh, my Lord. I kept blaming my oven, but I went through three of them. I had to stop doing that. <laughs> I mean, my kids lived. Obviously, I cooked, you know. Uh, you know, they, they got to adulthood. This is good. This is good. But we all have strength. We just can't keep putting categories in, in everything, right? And so I was so excited about this. I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put money in this, you know. And so I worked. I did extra stuff. I, and, you know, it was this long ago. I, I, I earned a dollar, Earned a dollar in a week. I earned a dollar. I mean, that's a big deal to an 11-year-old in that day. And also, I had a dime. I thought, should I keep the dime? And I thought, no, I'm giving it all. And I was so excited about giving that money 
that I went to the pastor's house. <laughs> this is the day that they didn't know that you shouldn't put the pastor's house beside the church. But anyway, so I went and knocked on the door and the pastor's wife answered the door and I goes, this is my offering and I'm going to be a missionary when I grow up. Hallelujah. And you know, it not only put that in me, even though it took me a long time to figure out what God was doing in my life. Well, it's, it, sin gets in the way and that hinders it also, right? So, so but, but once I found out, it was an amazing thing to me because I kept looking for the man to do the job and God kept pushing me forward and my heels, you could see him, my heels. <laughs> uh, Miles Monroe, said these words, you only prosper in your purpose. Only pro you, you prosper in your purpose. Each one of us has a purpose. Each one of us has a purpose. And whatever you're doing today, do it with all your heart. Because you may not be in the perfect place yet, but where you are, do it with all your heart and watch God bring you to your purpose. It's the today that counts for your tomorrows. And you may be flipping hamburgers. Some of those hamburgers are pretty good. You may be flipping hamburgers. I tell you, you'd be the best hamburger flipper. You'd be the nicest guy in the line. You'd be watching out for those whose hearts are broken. Because we are instruments of righteousness today. Today we are. Not when we get to that, that wonderful place that God has promised or whatever's in our heart to get there. Today you are there. Today you are there. So back to my friend, Steve. You thought I forgot, didn't you? Back to Steve. So the pastor said, I wanted to introduce to Steve and told about how he'd been thrown out of the car. And he says, you know what? Steve has found Jesus, and he's no longer a heroin addict, and God has healed him of AIDS. And he says, and he has, didn't have a drink till noon today. Now that might put some of your minds like, what? We cannot be the judge of where people are at. And you can, you can bet that Steve was very shortly not drinking. But that, you know, that wonderful salvation that, that if you don't know Jesus and you, and, you, and you are spiritually reborn, spiritually reborn, you become another person. Uh, you know, there's, the Bible talks about three groups of people. There's the Gentiles, there's the Jews, and then there's us. And we are separate. We are a new creation. If you aren't born again today, this is a perfect time for you. 
because you have to be spiritually reborn to understand things of the spirit. You have to be spiritually reborn to know Jesus on the earth. You need to be spiritually reborn to get to heaven. And even now, the kingdom of heaven is in the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I think we have to be careful of each other. Careful. We don't know what people have gone through. I used to swear like a sailor. I don't know why. I was kind of rough. I was a hippie. I was, you know, all those things. And, and today I listen to people and think, my Lord, their language is terrible. <laughs> and you know, when I got born again, I never swore again. It wasn't a conscious, it wasn't a conscious thought. It wasn't a conscious thought. Now, I've heard Christians swear. I don't swear. I'm obviously better than them. God delivered me from that foulness. God delivered them from something else. And God begins that walk with us. His new creation. That out of that new creation, out of that spirit life, things begin to change. Salvation is the beginning. Then we have the journey. And what a journey. And it's not, do you notice it's not always easy? Did you notice not everything is wonderful? I don't know about your life, but I've had a few bumps. But this I can say of the Lord. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. I exalt him. He is faithful. Remember when my husband fell. And that Sunday in church. And he was a minister. That Sunday in church. And they began to sing. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. And it was a defining moment in my life. It says, no matter what, no matter what, I exalt thee. That song still does something to me, as old as it is now, that I exalt thee. It's all about you. It's all about me in you. It's me in you. Hallelujah. You know, the scripture says that... Uh, God speaking to Eve of those things that would happen, not the things he was cursing her with, but the things that would happen because of her decisions. And it said, in turning, as he says, his, her desire, you know the scripture, his desire shall be towards her own husband. I mean, we get all kinds of stuff there. But in all the ancient manuscripts, desire means in turning, she turned. Who was she turning from? Who is she turning to? And in that turning, her husband would rule over her. And this wasn't the clean submission one to another of the New Testament. This was harsh rule. And we see it all the way up to this generation. Where Christ is not being preached or understood, women are still under. 
But Jesus Christ came and said, it is finished. This, this stuff's finished. This stuff's finished. I'm calling you all. Get up to your place in the wall. Get up to your place in the wall. Get up to where God has for you. Where God has for you. We're missing that place if you're not in that place. God's waiting for you to get in your place. Get in your place in the spirit. Get in your place in prayer. Get in your place. What am I supposed to be doing with my life? Getting in place. How do I work with the body of Christ? Get in your place. Thank you, Father. When um, I can't remember, I talk so much. I can't remember when I talked to, or what I said. I don't think I said it yesterday, but um, the Lord spoke to me when I was in my 30s. And there certainly wasn't many women ministers. And, and he says, what are you going to do about those who oppose women in ministry? What are you going to do? And can I say this? Sometimes women are worse than men. I'm not just talking to men here. And uh, I said, well, I'll forgive. Easy to say ahead of time, right? Well, I'll forgive. And, he, and then he said to me, then forgive. It's already set up. And you know, it doesn't bother me what people think about that area. I've spent a thousand hours studying it. I'm very confident of God's calling on women. That's not, that's not the point. It's always about the heart. It's always about the condition of your heart. With your heart, man believes, and if your heart's in trouble, your belief system's in trouble. The next day, my, my husband and administrator were going to go and purchase. We needed about 400 chairs, and they're going to go get, per, find some chairs. I said, you're not going to go finding chairs without me. Then I come back with $5 orange plastic chairs, you know. <laughs> We got a deal. No, not good. <laughs> so we went into this one place, wholesale place. This nice, normal-looking guy comes up, owner. And so we were looking at different chairs, kind of had them all on. And every time I asked him a question, he would look to either Ray or Bob and answer the question that I had asked. It's just I thought at first I was not understanding what he was doing, but then after a while I figured, he is not addressing me, because I'm female. So I thought, well, this strange fellow. <laughs> He's just a strange fellow. And, and so we're leaving. And he says, nice to have met you, Mr. Gaida. Nice to meet you, Pastor Bassett. Then he taps me on my shoulder. And says, nice of you to come, little lady. <laughs> I want you to know that I'd already forgiven. That's why the man is breathing. I was, oh, I'd already forgiven. And it didn't spoil my day. It spoiled him. I wasn't buying his chairs. 
and my husband, an administrator, I mean, they cracked up. They just couldn't believe what was going on. We got to let God do what God does in people. No matter who. Could be a 13-year-old kid. We need to let God do what he wants to do in his people. And we can't decide what that is. Now, I'm not talking about uh, ignoring sin. I'm not, I'm not talking about um, not standing for righteousness. You know, I, be I believe that we have a voice. And in the day that we're living in, they're trying to shut that voice. And I believe that we have a voice. Yeah. I do. I believe that we have wisdom that comes from heaven. And that we have a voice. And I think we should have great courage. I think if we're not speaking, who is? Who is going to speak if God's people aren't speaking? The world's going nuts. Who's going to speak for righteousness? Who's going to speak for common sense? Who's going to speak but God's people? But God's people. But what's annoying? I'm sure it's annoying to God because it's annoying to me. What's annoying is when Christians speak against Christians, especially in the marketplace. It's the only time, you know, sometimes you get in the Facebook line, you know. And I try and stay off of arguments and stuff like that because you say one thing and, you know, you got the, everybody commenting. But when they comment and, and just sweep across and say, if the church did this, I always say, you haven't been to my church. How do you know all the churches do this? I, I just got to respond to that. Because we're so easy to say, well, if the, if the church would do this, or the church would do that, and you know, I'm doing what's right as the church. That church down the road, you don't know what they're doing. You don't know where they are. You don't know what kind of people they're trying to bring up. You don't know. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Don't, don't diss them and don't try to be the other. Stay in your lane. That's where your purpose is. That's where the blessing of God is. In your lane. I'd stepped down of pastoring for a few years and, and, uh, I was listening to Miles Monroe from the Bahamas. What a great minister. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. He's a great minister. He was awesome. Loved his stuff. And he said this, and I said it before, I'll say it again because I got it from him. You only prosper in your purpose. And when he said that, I thought, I'm not prospering in any, any way. My soul's not prospering. Nothing's prospering. And so I quit my job and went to fasting. Fasting and prayer. And uh, in the middle of the week, in the middle of the fast, the Lord spoke to me and said that I was going to be back pastoring abundant life. And I said, no thanks. I don't mind if you have me out traveling, preaching, but 
I don't want to go there. And uh, by about the third week, I was hungry. <laughs> so I said, okay. Whatever you want, okay. Next day, the elders of the church phoned and asked if I would come back into place. And within, I think it was a month or two, I was back in the World Mission Board, president with Alan Terry Purvis, which we were, they were our first missionaries in Abundant Life, and still are missionaries. They're awesome, awesome, awesome people. But if you let God have your heart, you know, amazing things can happen. Even that which the canker worm has eaten, he can restore again. He can restore again. Hallelujah. And I had to get over being female. I am still female. <laughs> I have a mark in my, my, my jacket here. And Susie noticed when I was getting out of the car. And that's all I can think about is that mark right there. <laughs> and you saying, does that woman not know she has a mark on her jacket? <laughs> because I am female. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to ministry, when it comes to hearing God, when it comes to moving in the spirit, there is no male or female. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I remember reading about a lady who went into China. This was like probably the 1600s. And they had horrible walled cities. And in, the, in this particular one city was just full of, uh, of women being abused and all kinds of stuff. She went into that city and had such courage that she was able to go in and help the women. And the man did not attack her. I mean, what kind of anointing is that? What kind of bravery is that? What kind of courage is that? And our job is really to encourage. The Bible talks about a word in season. We are to encourage, to put in courage. Your words even a nice word, even a blessed word during your day, and you're thinking you're going along your day, but you're just moving in, God. You know, you're just, and suddenly you say something, oh, God. You know, one of our elders, he was praying, he says, God, I, I want to be able to say your word and give your word in them, you know, in, in Costco. He's in Costco, in line. There's a lady in front of him with some kids, and God says, Give her a word. Well, he said he started battling that. No, maybe later. If I see her later, not in the line. And, and you know. <laughs> and so, because uh, so, he'd never done that kind of thing before. And uh, great teacher. I mean, he teaches the word. He's an amazing guy. Wonderful guy. But here God was stretching. And God wants to stretch us. Because the people are in the marketplace. You know, I, I, I believe in prayer, praying for the harvest, all of that. But we're praying in the barn. 
and the grain is out there. And we have to go gather the grain to bring it into the barn. So, so he, he's going to his car and here's the lady with, you know, of course, right there with her kids, getting her kids and he said, okay. So he went over to the lady and he says, this may, this may sound a little strange, but I'm a Christian and sometimes God gives me words for people. Can I pray for you? She said, yes. So he prayed for her and the word of knowledge started operating. How God, God loved her and loved her and blessed her as a mother and all these kind of things. And uh, she just starts weeping. She says, you so made my day today. He said, he said this, I learned one thing. Do it even if you're afraid. Just do it. Like what, what could have happened? No, I don't, want the, I don't want you to pray for me. Even years ago, they said 85% of the people if you ask to pray for them will say yes. And when you pray, suddenly, <laughs> Holy Ghost comes. Thank you, Jesus. I know there's a network of churches through the north. And they may not all be what God has taken them to be. But we got to be their friend. Because they are worshiping God. They're caring about God. And there's a net of praise that goes up. And if we're attacking, we're attacking, we're ripping a hole in that net. Because we have more power in the spirit realm than others. And I talked about blessing yesterday. That we have the power to bless. Even when we disagree, we have the power to bless. We don't bless sin, but we know that God wants to bless. We know that God wants to bring clarity to minds. We know that God wants to set hearts free. We know God is uh, not out into anger to get people. He, we are under the spirit of grace to get people into the kingdom of God. Yeah. You can preach a sermon. I haven't got to my notes yet, but you can preach a sermon. <laughs> can I have one pastor preach a sermon? And uh, talking about how we need to get right with God, these different things. And can flood, flood the, the altar. People saying, yeah, that's me, that's me. So if the power of God does not hit them, the power of God doesn't come to make the difference. It's on empty heads. And they go out and feel worse because they haven't been changed. Whereas another pastor can preach and talk about life. Talk about how the spirit of life gives you strength. And begins to preach. As one is preaching from the knowledge of good and evil. And the other is preaching from the tree of life. One sets free. Another one is rules. And guess what? If we could just get over sin... 
and do better, Jesus did not have to come. The great thing about being a Christian is that, that Christ walks with you. Not that you're a good guy. The good thing is that Christ walks with you. And so wherever your failure is, he says, even in your weakness, I can make you strong. Wow, he's got a lot of work to do, doesn't he? I'm speaking of myself, not you guys. Of course he has work to do. But that's what he's here for. That's what he's here for. He didn't come for your perfection. He came for your life. Came for your life. You need to give yourself a break today. You know what righteousness means? I love, you know, well, scripture. Let me read you a scripture. <laughs> That'll be a good idea, okay? <laughs> and I know you've been studying this, so I think it's kind of neat. Um, you could probably quote it back at me quite easily. If I can find the right notes, I'm sorry. Give me a minute. Hallelujah. Since the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink. And he's addressing people fighting over what they should eat. And what is holy. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is not meat nor drink. But righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness. It's an amazing thing. Righteousness. Now, when you get born again and you start walking with God and he starts to change your heart, you begin to walk out righteousness. Like, I know there's that walking out of righteousness. But the scripture says, the book says, that we have become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, not our works, not with our effort, but when you became spiritually renewed, spiritually born again, righteousness became your portion. I love one of the, the meanings of righteousness that I think is the best one. It means as it should be. Righteousness, as it should be. Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ came to make you righteous, that you and the Lord are now as it should be. So when he talks to us about righteousness, it's as it should be. And I want to be in the path as, as it should be. You know, I don't want to be over here as, as it shouldn't be. I, I want to be over here as it should be. And the spirit of God within you pulls you to that pathway as it should be. You say, well, what about this? What about that? If you are tormented by doing wrong and, doing, and, and sin, stuff like that, were you tormented before you knew him? No, you just did it. But now inside of you is righteousness. It's not as easy to sin anymore. It's not as easy to 
be an old bat. <laughs> to be mean in the grocery store. I, I went to business school when I, when I came back to the Lord and pretty lost. And so anyway, I need to do something. So I, I went to business school. Hated every minute of it. Every single minute of it. But I've used it, you know, many times since. But I just, and there was a lady there. And it was mostly women at that point. And I would share my faith. I mean, I was excited about Jesus. And I was with some of the roughest ones there. I just, they, they're attracted to me. And I'm kind of attracted to them, I think. And so this one lady, she would say, for every period and comma, she'd say, Jesus Christ. So I, you know. And, you know, it, it's not about being mad about it. It's, it just, it hurts you. You know, and I said to her one day, because she said something about me, you know, being religious. I said, oh, you're way more religious than me. <laughs> she says, what do you mean? I says, you say Jesus Christ at the end of every sentence. <laughs> and she says, I do not. She didn't even know she was doing it. Anyway, I got to share the gospel with her. I had a great time. But there was one lady there. She was the most miserable woman. And I thought, oh man, I got to get over her to her at some point. And I mean, people couldn't stand her. So I remember she standing in front of one of the lockers one day and I started sharing Christ. She goes, oh, I'm a Christian. No. I says, please don't tell anyone. <laughs> and I wasn't even being mean. I was really sincere. <laughs> Spoil all the work we've been doing here. <laughs> do people know you're a believer without you opening your mouth? Uh, do they know there's something different about you? Do they want to talk to you about it? The righteousness of God, as it should be, is in you. Therefore, treating people as it should be. And when you blow it, which is a guarantee, yeah. repent, saying yesterday, we get to repent. The devil cannot repent. We have it on over him because we can repent. We can turn around. We can ask for forgiveness. We can gain strength again because righteousness didn't leave because you were silly or stupid or angry. It didn't leave. We can now grab hold of it again. That's why I love communion. It's a reset. Man, it's a reset. I've seen, I've seen miracles happen with families sitting around the table and having communion. The first time, you know, I have set thing you come to church you do communion but I was at a fam family's house and the police were coming the next morning for the father something that he had done in the past he was guilty you know he was all cleaned up all that kind of stuff I had no answers you know pray a good prayer did my best prayer prayer no answers says, I think we need to have communion we sat around, had communion. The Bible says to remember what he's done. 
Not concentrate on what you have done. But what has he done? Not talking about getting your heart right to all that stuff. I mean, we already know that. But what about what has he done? That he is the deliverer. That he brought salvation. Hallelujah. He brought righteousness. And so we had communion and I'm weeping and, you know, all of that. I went home. The police never came. It was like it never happened. Never heard anything ever again. That was 20 years ago. Now, all you crooks, you hear this. God can deliver. So the service one time and I was preaching on mercy. You want mercy? Give mercy. Who do you give mercy to? People that don't deserve it. That's what mercy is about. Because God gives you mercy even if you don't deserve it. So I'm preaching mercy at the end of the service. I sense angelic. I can sense angelic. Some people can actually see them, but I can sense them. And suddenly there was all these angels over the platform. And the platform wasn't as big as this, but there was like a hundred angels. I don't know how they fit on there because they weren't little. But in the spirit, there's all these angels. And I'm thinking, wow, what's this? And the Lord said, these are angels of mercy. Now, I know that term. I've thought of it, you know, if someone does you a good turn, you're, oh, you're an angel of mercy. But there actually is angels that can carry mercy. So I said to the people, God has sent angels of mercy, and we need to send them out. Send them out to those who need mercy today. Send them out to those who need mercy. And people just started calling out to God, calling out to God. God, thank you for sending mercy. Right now in this place, we send mercy. In the name of Jesus, we send mercy. We break the power of condemnation. We break the power of accusation and that we send mercy today. There's people that you know that, that you figure, this is, ne they are never know God. They are so twisted, they're so black. Today we send mercy in the name of Jesus. That person on your heart, that person, we send mercy. Jesus, we send mercy. We thank you for your mercy in Jesus' name. Thank you for your mercy. Undeserved forgiveness, mercy. How many times has God done that for you? Anyway, about two weeks later, I'm having lunch with a friend of mine. He's a crook. He's a friend of mine. And uh, I'm an honest person. I'm not a crook. Okay. And, and um, so he starts talking about that he had gone to the border and he was driving a car that wasn't his. And they found his stash of different license, licenses with, you know, his face, different names. And at the border, they just arrest you right there. And so, and they get a judge right away. Like if you're at the border, it's a judge, you are, you know, you're, you're condemned right away. And this judge was on holiday. So they, they were trying to get the other judge in another section. He never got over there. So he was there for eight hours. And the border guard finally said to him, just get out of here. 
I says, I can tell you the time that happened. And it was the exact time that mercy went out. The exact time. Do you know how much power we have? Do you know how much power we have? That we can, in the spirit, deliver people's lives. Do you know how much power we have? That those that are uh, in the valley of decision and those are in the valleys of darkness, that we carry the light of God and that we carry his word. And when we proclaim it, when we get up in the morning, my goodness, I I, I was in the hotel with my friend here, Susie. When she gets up in the morning, she moans and groans (laughs) for a good half hour, for a good half hour. I mean, she is risen from the dead every morning. I'm telling you. (laughs) Hallelujah. But we have the power of righteousness. Doing it God's way. You know, it couldn't have gotten that righteousness there. Righteousness there means God's way of doing right. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing right. You know, people say, well, God is in control. Listen, God is supreme. The earth is is his. The earth is his. He is the landlord. But he is not in control. If he was in control, there wouldn't be one hungry baby today. There wouldn't be one beat up child today there would not be abuse today there would not be starvation today there would be no wars today so what does God do he uses people he uses people says that his kingdom has come you know the 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 prayer the Lord has said the Lord is, no, the Lord is my shepherd, not that one. <laughs> that's a good one, though. No, that's a really good one. Our Father. Our Father. We get to call him Daddy. Abba Father. Our Father. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will Be done as it should be. Thy kingdom come. Where has his kingdom come? It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In you. In you. How powerful God has made his kids. How powerful. That's why we can't get caught up in stupid stuff in our head. You know, worried about this or anxious about that or she should be doing that or he should have been done that. You know, how come they have that and I don't have that? Probably your mouth. (laughs) Hallelujah. Our words carve our future. And some of us are coming from a deeper place than others. I understand that. But I tell you that when you were born again, you all started the same. And then God, thank God for healing. Thank God for 
uh, delivering us from trauma. Thank God for the power to be able to forgive and to send forgiveness. Thank God for the things that we need to be able to walk in righteousness as it should be. As it should. It just, you know, when I heard that definition, it just made it clearer to me. This is what God wants. Righteousness. As it should be in your life. As things should be in your life. That you should prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. As it should be. Righteousness. Peace. Woo! Peace is a spiritual force. Peace. Jesus on the water. He's going to set a demonized man free. The devil's not happy. Sends a great storm. Sends something going on. What did Jesus do? Oh, no. Paddle harder, guys. Paddle harder. No. He stood up, I'm sure, in the bow of that boat. He bound the wind. Sometimes we need to know the name of it. What's troubling your house? It's coming against your house and church or your, your own house. Why is prosperity being robbed from you? Sometimes we need to know the name of it. The Holy Spirit's just speaking to people today, the name of that thing. That's been causing a storm. Jesus' name. Last night we were talking about how jealousy destroys us. Now, it wasn't just a female uh, men are as jealous as women. You understand that. But we bound the wind. We bound jealousy. And then the, we bind the spirit, but now the power comes in. Fills up where the spirit tormented. And we say, peace, be still. Two troubled waters. And the power of peace calmed the storm. Not the wrath of God. Not pulling down fire from heaven. Peace. And we are called the peacemakers. Called the sons of God. Because of the power of peace. Jim Zirkel, he was a missionary to Guatemala, and he was at our church one time. And the things that happened to him were just so supernatural. He talked about a time that the rebels were always after him to shoot him and all that kind of stuff. He says they were going up at a mountain in a jeep, and there was just, you know, this little path. And, and as they came around one section, they could see on the other section that the gorillas had, were on the road. And they knew that, you know, they would kill him. And there was nothing they could do. You couldn't back up on that tiny little space. And they prayed, and he said, suddenly, we were, the, we were just going the, the other direction. Their jeep just literally started going back the other direction. He had so many stories, I am telling you. But the one story that I never forgot, says they had built a new, new church in the jungle. And it was one of those churches, you know, that if you, if some of you have probably seen it, but it was, they only have a half wall, then it's all open, and then they have a, a hot over it, right? Hot, hot country. And uh, 
So he says, it was raining stuff, but man, they were so excited. A bunch of them in the church worshiping God. He's up at the front, he looks, and he sees the, the gorillas, the men, not the animals, the gorillas coming out of the forest to say, come for me. So these guys, pouring rain, start coming down the middle of the church. And he says to the Lord, Lord, what should I do? Should I call down fire from heaven? There's a lot of Peter and a lot of us. <laughs> should I call down fire from heaven? The Lord said to him, no, you proclaim peace. He thought, what? But he was just obedient. He says, thank you, God. The power of peace is in this house. The power of peace. And those gorillas, they came up to the, the altar area and could not go any further. They were stopped by an invisible wall and they could go no further. And they all freaked. It says they were running, they were jumping through the windows, they were, you know, running out the back and they were gone. They were gone. He says that night, knock on his door and here's the head of that gorilla group. And he figured, oh, he's, he's come to kill me. Just to, it's God uses us no matter where our faith's at, right? He can, he can still use us. We just have to be available. <laughs> and, the, and the guy says to him, I want to know what power it was that stopped us from killing you today. He said it was the power of peace. Let me tell you about the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. And that is part, that is part of the kingdom that God's given you. It's one of the keys, right? The keys of the kingdom. There's different keys. We try and maybe do this part. And it goes, no, there's another key here. True this one. Do peace. For this situation, do peace. Because it says the God of peace will put Satan under your feet. Not pulling down fire from heaven. The God of peace. Now, there may be fire times. I don't know. But in the place of righteousness that he has given us the power of peace. I tell you, I remember my kids are young and they're restless. Of course, their rooms lay hands on them. Thank you, God, for the power of peace. In Jesus' name. Turmoil in your work. Thank you, God, for the power of peace. Thank you for turning this around. Thank you, God, for the power of peace. Hallelujah. Going into a hard meeting. Thank you, God, for the power of peace the power of favor to so his keys we've got so much stuff and he just wants if you keep battling something maybe you need to ask God what's what is the key for this situation because he he doesn't leave us in the dark hallelujah things are hidden for us to find we just have a great time in the spirit finding it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, in us. Let your kingdom come in earth. We come from the earth, in earth as it is in heaven. Righteousness. Thank you, Father. Jesus said, you know, talking, do you remember Mark 1 and 
John was put in prison. And there was one of God's characters, right? I, I think Jesus would be a lot easier to walk with than, than John the Baptist. Or, you know what I mean? Especially the meals they ate. It would, you know. But he, he was God's man of the hour. Said he was the greatest prophet who ever lived to that day. And here he is in jail. And he sends his disciples and say, are, are you the one? He baptized him in the water. Came up and, and, and the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I tell you, when we get into circumstances of life, we become offended and sometimes even offended by God, to God. And that we are offended. I figured this out pretty early in my walk. If something was going wrong, it was never God. If something happened, I figured out, figured out, it's the devil who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And when we say that of our God, when he said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly, so much life that it overflows for other people. That kind of kingdom he came to give us. That kind of kingdom. There is John the Baptist. And, and, he's, and this is what he said. To the blind see. To the lame walk. The kingdom of God has the miracles in it. Has miracles in it. He says, when I cast out devils, the kingdom of God is in front of you. We get to cast out devils. I don't know about you, but that's a good time. That is a good time. That the kingdom of God pushes out where Satan has had power over people's lives. Hallelujah. That's not something to be afraid about. That's something about praying about. I mean, I cast devils out and they don't even know I've cast them out. So I know there's ways to do it, not just throwing up in a bucket. Even though that's, I've seen that lost too, but. Because when the spirit of truth comes, the devil can't stay there. And when you pray for people and they get revelation from the Holy Spirit, there could be demons hanging around, but I tell you, the spirit of truth comes and Satan can't stay because he only stays in deception. We have the kingdom of God in us. We get to enlarge that kingdom. We get to enlarge that kingdom. Come on. Uh, hallelujah. We get, to get, we get to enlarge that kingdom. It says you have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. We are instantly translated to that kingdom. We might wake up and look in the mirror and say, I look the same. But I tell you, if you saw what was happening on the inside of you, if you saw the spirit life inside of you, that his kingdom has come in you. In you. We are a privileged people. We are a privileged people. That's why the words of our mouth, we proclaim what God speaks, not our circumstances. You know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. 
and you will eat it. Whatever you speak, you eat it. So if you speak rightness and righteousness, you eat it. But if you speak as it shouldn't be, you eat it. He is, he's given us what we need. We just need a draught from the realm of the spirit. It's already, it's already done for us. But we, as God's kids, draw it from his spirit. Amen. We got to run away. There he goes. Okay. <laughs> and he said in Matthew 13, 11, it says, he answered and said to them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Not to them, I speak in parables, but to you, to you, you who know him, the mysteries of heaven, things you didn't know yesterday. God speaks and suddenly you know something you didn't know before. You read the word and it jumps out of you, man. Or someone gives a word and, and the spirit of life, God changes inside of you. And your brain begins to function. It was a fellow by the name of Barry McGuire in the 60s. And he wrote a song called The Eve of Destruction. Some of you old guys might remember that. And it was that we are on the eve of destruction. You know, it was a really cheery song. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so he got born again. And... Uh, Sassy, he was at a, a house, and they said they had like about eight TVs, one on top of each other, because you know he didn't have what we have now, so they had it on different channels, you know, like, and and everything to just keep your mind busy, which was entertainment can do, you know, and all those kind of things, and and uh, and on on the on the table was a book, and it said Good News for Modern Man, which was a Bible, and he says, well, I'm a modern man. And I could use some good news. And through that, he got born again. So he's still well known, and he was in Australia at university and, you know, doing some of his old songs and stuff. Then he started singing songs about Jesus. And half the, half the group is stoned out of their tree, you know. And so they're just kind of... And then they're kind of... Jesus? Is he singing about Jesus, you know? And then they start, you know, getting straight. And one guy yelled out of him, you're brainwashed. He says, I needed my brains washed. Yeah. Yeah. Says, Jesus, Jesus is, is like a, you know, what do you call it when you're crippled? A crutch. I need, a, I need a crutch right now. But, but he says, Jesus is a crutch. He says, no, he's an iron lung. He's an iron lung. We make no apology. We make no apology. We're just not religious about it, please. But we make no apology because the kingdom of God has come. He has given us great power. That's why... You know, he works with us. 
That's why he tries to get our minds straight. That's why whatsoever things are good, whatsoever pure, whatsoever honest, we start thinking about those things. That's why uh, that we just don't let our minds go anywhere it wants. Because you're the only one who can control your mind. And you're the one who submits your mind to the word of the Lord. But when your mind is connected and your heart is continually getting better with the heart man believes in you. So you can't afford to be bitter because inside of that heart is the ability of faith. With the heart man believes, I cannot be bitter. I need that heart to believe. I cannot stay in grief, even though I know there's a place for grief. But Jesus said that he was acquainted with sorrow and grief. So I understand about grief, but you can't let grief destroy your path. And he also comes and heals the horrible grief that we can come, be, for good reason, be in. But that he pushes and holds us through grief that is, does not affect the path that he has planned for us. And the path that he has planned for your children. Because grief can come and destroy it all. He wants our hearts today. You can't afford to be angry. You can't afford to be jealous. This anger is awful, but who can stand before jealousy? You, can't, you, can't, you cannot stay there. You can't afford to. And the world can't afford you to. Because on the other side of obedience, someone's waiting for you. On the other side of an obedience, a nation could be waiting for you. On the other side of obedience, a, a way to prosper wow. and help the poor wow. could be waiting for you. Yes. Wow. So it's not just about Jesus wanting us to be nice people. Yeah. Even though I hope you're nice. If you're not, don't tell them you're a Christian. But it's more than that. He's anointed you. He's anointed you with his very presence, with the kingdom within you. He's given you power to change your world. Is he awesome? He is so awesome. He is so, he is so awesome. I mean, and half the time we're amazed. Well, God, how did you do that? Just because we said yes in the heart. And we say yes in the heart. In Jesus' name. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing right. Then, then the, uh, and all things shall be added unto you. If you're lacking, he said, I am your shepherd, you shall not want. That's God's desire. If you're lacking, he has a way to show you how to come out of it. Number one, you don't put up with spirit of poverty, especially if it's ingrained in your background. Do you know God, all the way through scripture, was very concerned about the poor. 
That is the opposite of the kingdom. He wants to raise up the poor. He says the poor will always be with you, but I, I believe it shouldn't be the same poor. Because if you're working with the poor, God gives you ideas and then begins to give them ideas to bring them out of that snare of poverty. And God wants to prosper us. I think I was saying yesterday, the rich young ruler, when he said to turn over everything, that actually didn't mean to give all his possessions away, but that meant that with his ability to make money to be able to give to the poor. And he just wanted to keep his own little world. Does God want to give ideas to help the poor? Does God want to give ideas to prosper you, to prosper your house? Does God want to give you ideas on, uh, in the political realm? Come on, if you're there, please. Does God want to give you favor in places where you haven't had favor? That's what God does. So I pray today that who you are you are your identity in Christ would make you powerhouses on the earth and not only powerhouses how about a center for healing and wellness what about you become the safe place for those who need safety how about you becoming the person that will come to you, people will come to you that are hurting and broken and that you have comfort for them. And what they say to you would never go past you. Kingdom of God opposes gossip. The kingdom of God, you know, in Proverbs says, Six things does God hate, yea, even seven. And, and one of them was like those who take innocent life, like major things that God hates. And you know what the seventh, was, seventh one was? He that sows discord amongst the brethren. God hates it. Why? Because in unity, nothing can stop us. In unity, nothing can stop us. So we may not be in agreement. And you know, we probably won't be till Jesus comes. So, you know, let's get used to that. But I tell you, there's places that we can agree. We can agree. We can agree. And in that agreement, the kingdom of heaven has come. In that agreement, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin. There's no way to the heaven. There's no way to God but the sacrifice and the blood and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those are things we agree. We agree. We may do things different. You may not like the way people do it. And oh man, when someone does stuff and think, oh man, they've just, you know, they've just given Christianity a black eye, you know? And I know there's people like that. And they're always the one that the camera finds. <laughs> always. Not our business. Not our business. Stay on your track. Stay on your track. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Love those shoes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You are awesome women, and you're all so different. And you're awesome people, and you're all so different. And there's someone you can reach, something you can do that the person beside you can't do. God needs you on the wall. He needs you to come up. He needs you to realize who you are in him so that you don't wake up feeling bad. You wake up, what's today going to bring? What's today going to bring? And if, and, and if your partner is owly, your kids are a mess running around, what's today going to bring? In the middle of all this, what's today going to bring? And you say yes to God every day. Amen. I could just keep going, but I know we're done here. But I just, I just bless you in the name of the Lord. I pray for your hearts today. Why don't we all just lay hands on our heart? I pray for your hearts today that where the enemy has made inroads to your heart, that the God who came for the heart, Jesus is the God of the heart, that the balm of Gilead, the healing ointment, would flow through your heart today. Let bitterness lose its hold. You don't have time for it. It'll destroy you. Let bitterness lose its hold. Let grief be removed and healing comes. Let condemnation and hopelessness be removed from your heart in the name of Jesus. Even if our heart condemns us, he is greater than our hearts. Don't let that keep you where you are. You can't afford to. God's got stuff for you. You can't afford to. You can't afford to. Now, Holy Spirit, I thank you for showing us individually if something is sitting there in our heart. And that by the power of grace today, your empowerment, your empowerment, your action on the heart, by the power of grace today it would be removed and replaced by that same spirit of grace in Jesus name in Jesus name Jesus name listen so important your hearts your children so important you can give them rules and regulations but if their heart is hurting you have to go after the heart for your children say now how is that how is that really making you feel how do you feel in your heart like what why are you so angry you know when I, when I raised my kids they just shape they just have to shape up I was the old way and thank God in spite of me my children serve God and they're much better parents because they actually listen to their kids <laughs> now I'm not talking cheeky stuff but it's that little kid could have a heart absolutely broken. Yes. You were little kids who had broken hearts, many of you. And it's our job, it's our job to bring healing 
through the name of Jesus to the hearts of children. Our job can change their lives, can change the direction of their lives if their hearts are well. Make us, make us discernible people. God, that help us to discern what's going on. Hallelujah. The heart. And of course, we know. See, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And we know the joy of the Lord is what? It's our strength. Miserable is out the window. Matter of fact, the opposite of blessing is misery. It's miserable. Tell your face to act like you feel. Hallelujah. Bring joy, especially God's joy, into places that are joyless. Bring a laugh. Or a laugh. Some people are funny. Some people are meant to appreciate funny people. Because they ain't funny at all. Righteousness, peace, the power of peace. It's a spiritual power. And he is the Prince of Peace, but it's a spiritual power. Peace be still now to troubled waters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go into your kids' room and they're yelling at each other. You may have to cast out a spirit of jealousy, but, but in the process of that, peace be still in my house. Peace be still. Amen. God bless you today. Love you guys. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.VictoryGP.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.